you know, I, I knew exactly what you were going for with how you labeled your hyperlink. But read explicitly, it doesn't make any sense. And oh my! And then I just realized you followed up with the number sign, and then you write first. <laughs> it's a hashtag, Mark. No, it's a pound sign. It's a hashtag. You know, it hashtag took me a long. T- it took me a long time to realize that the pound sign was called the pound sign because people use it to represent the unit pounds. Is that why? I didn't know that. Yeah, like if you go to old stores and like you see old pieces of text, they use that to mean the English unit pounds. Being you brought this up and you seem like the person who might know it. Yeah. One thing that's really bothered me my entire life and I've never figured out the answer for is why is pounds abbreviated LBS? Ooh. None of those letters are in the word pound. Uh, LB is an abbreviation of the Latin word Libra. The primary meaning of Libra was balance or scales, but it also stood for the ancient Roman unit of measure Libra Pondo, meaning a pound by weight. Oh, okay. So there you go. Latin. Fancy. I had some pretty good pump-up music for this podcast. Really? Yeah, it was something we played in high school. Oh, God. Would you like to hazard a guess? was our junior year in wind. Oh, God. What did we play that year? Um... Can you give me a hint? Hmm. That's tough. There was a piano part? <laughs> I'm not sure how much that helps. Do you know the composer name? Uh... I it probably won't help don't me. don't, actually. I only know the guy who famously conducted it. Danzone. Yes, you got it. Danzone yes! number two. Oh man. It's such it's such good pump up music. Oh yes. Oh. Yeah. And it was Gustavo Dudamel? Correct. Was the conductor you Philharmonic. Gosh, he's my spirit animal. <laughs> the video of him doing it is fantastic. Yeah. It's only, I think, my only other, my only more favorite video of a composer is Leonard Bernstein conducting the Candide Overture when he's, like, 80 years old. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. He's just, like, kind of dancing with it. It's really great. Yep. Uh, But, yeah, that's been a a go-to pump-up song for me. It's just just too catchy, really. Mm Mm-hmm. I've listened to, uh, I found a couple of good recordings of Scootin' on Hard Rock. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been, I've been reliving band glory days. Oh, yeah. Because it's just like, you know, we played a couple of fun pieces when I was in college, but I only played in the concert band for a year. Mm-hmm. And the only good... Um, piece that we played was James Barnes Symphony for Band number, I don't remember if it was number one or number three both sound right in my head but it was like, it was like a proper um, like full piece but specifically written for concert band, not an arrangement 
Mm-hmm. So everything was just very nicely put together for that purpose, and it was super fun. I got to play timpani on it. Nice. So we also played a uh, we played tempered tempered steel. Yeah, that year, and that was like, because I, I, I remember that being such a big deal in high school when we played that. Because it was like, because a... <laughs> it well, because it was like commissioned by like the Big Ten Band Association or whatever. Oh, it was. Yeah, so it was like commissioned by college bands, and so it was like such a yeah. cool thing that we were getting to play this and to work on it. And then when we got it, uh, my freshman year in college, he was like, "Yeah, like we'll spend a bit of time on this, but this will be our easy piece." <laughs> I was like, nice. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big deal to us because some of us, and by some of us I mean me, sucked at it. <laughs> well, it was, I mean, did you have the... I don't know the you... solos, there was a disaster. Oh, that's, that's right, the one was like, da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da, da-da. Yeah. Or it's like jumping octaves, yeah. <laughs> was that our junior year? Ah, uh, must have been, yeah. That was a pain in the butt for Junior Grant. Yeah, I bet. I got to play a really fun part on marimba and chimes and suspended cymbal. It was great as a percussionist. It was a really awesome piece. Yeah. Maybe I'll like, maybe this will be the one episode where I learned how to fade music in and out. I think I'll try that. I think I'll try at least to put in Danzone in the beginning. Is that going to like break copyright or something? No, because as long as you don't use, like it's the same thing like why YouTube people can kind of uh rip on other people's clips as long as it's not making up like a majority of stuff you know if it's meant for discussion you can include like 10 seconds you know okay if it's if it's a rep- it, it, as long as it's adding on to the work in an obvious way you're not doing it to literally just rip it off or something then it's no big deal mm-hmm. okay that is what fair use is which a lot of people don't understand, but that's what it is. Me included. I don't understand. But now we're good. All right. Shall we Shall we roll on? Yes. Let's roll on. Please don't whistle into the microphone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that doesn't make for good podcasting. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't even notice I was doing it. That's Thanks okay. for pointing it out. You're also going to probably feel... continue to do it in the next couple minutes. Uh, that happens. I'm surprised that I don't catch myself whistling at work more. Like, I'm a very reflexive whistler, and I, and I feel <laughs> lucky that I haven't done it a bunch at work, because it's very... I think I did when I was an intern once. I was just kind of whistling, and I just wasn't really paying attention. And it was like... But also, the way that I whistle people tell me that I kind of I just only whistle out of like the side of my mouth and it's not super obvious that I'm whistling if you're not looking for it Mm -hmm. so people had no idea who was whistling and I think I had headphones in and it took a while for me to realize that people were wondering who was whistling and then I stopped (laughs) (laughs) okay Grant's comic I hope you didn't pick too serious of a one Uh, let's see Foul language, foul as in the bird variety. Uh, Foul language by Brian Gordon. The big top header is called Making Friends. The left panel says, when you're a grown-up. 
and you have a foul sitting next to other foul friends, uh, looking a bit nervous, eating his sandwich at lunchtime, presumably. And he's thinking to himself, sure, we, we eat lunch together sometimes, but does that make us friends? We're just friendly co-workers. Maybe they're just being polite. Oh, oh God, they probably all just hate me. Versus when you're a little kid and there's two fowls sitting on a swing. What's your name? Terry. Want to be friends? Okay. What are your thoughts? I don't know. This is too serious of a topic for tonight. Is it? Well, you're the one who picked it. I picked a serious one too. Kind of. Dang it. <laughs> I know. That's why I said I hope yours isn't too serious. <laughs> I don't know, making friends sucks, but it's valuable and useful, and it's something that I'm like, I can clearly see, having just recently moved to a very new city where I know essentially no one, I can see that it's something that I'm going to need to start doing, but I don't really want to. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, I mean, I've I'm been... just kind of annoyed with it. Yeah, I mean, I've been... I wouldn't say agonizing, but it's something that's been on my mind for over a year now. Like, since when I first was an intern out here and had nobody around. And now mm -hmm. that I'm actually here for the indefinite future, like, it's very much on my mind of, like, you know, how to make friends and find people to do stuff with. And mm -hmm. also reasoning through, like, what type of friends, you know? Because mm -hmm. it's just, like... There is such a difference with the friends that you make when you're a kid and you grow up and you have a lot of experiences together and the mm -hmm. way that that just kind of gives you a background. And that's why it was very important to me to find ways to communicate with my friends when I moved away, like doing podcasts, mm -hmm. and things like that, to stay in contact with the people who are like go-to friends who aren't friends out of a context. They are friends because they're just friends. And... I feel increasingly worried moving forward in my adult life that it's like, yeah, I'll be able to find friends in a context. Like I've made people who I would consider friends more or less doing concert band uh, in a community band and going to a church and stuff like that. But that's just a very different thing. Those are all friends within a specific context. Yeah. You know, and and it's a weird where it's like, well, it's not like I want to replace the really good friends that I have in that way. But also, it's hard at times to, you know, obviously it hasn't been that long, but still it's already sometimes hard to be like, there's not really anybody, like, around in general. Mm -hmm. You know, where it would be easy back home to be like, oh, you just want to go do something and we'll just find something to do. And it doesn't really matter yeah. what that something is. Versus here, it's like, oh, I have a mm -hmm. guy that I found who I can play tennis with, and that's cool, but I'll probably only ever just play tennis with him every once in a while. And when I go to band, I see band people, and like, yeah, like, maybe we'll go get a drink afterward every once in a while, but it's still just like, it's like, it's a band thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I get that. Like, this, I, I don't necessarily subscribe to the, oh god, they probably all just hate me idea, Yeah, but it's more just the, like, you just... If you want to remove yourself from a context as a friend, it seems like a much bigger deal when you're an adult. Mm -hmm. To me, part of what this comic made me think about, or like, I guess part of what the comic was saying to me was that like, as an adult, 
it might be better to act more like you did when you were a child and you're making friends. And that... Because I feel like lots of adults are very... Very in their own heads about making friends and what these new potential friends think about them and this and that. Whereas children are just like, yeah, he's my friend. We decided we were friends yesterday. And now we're friends. Whereas adults are like... Well, I can only hang out with this person in this context because of this or that. And that maybe as young adults, we need to be more like we were when we were children making friends. Mm -hmm. And just say, just kind of put yourself out there and see what happens. And if you get shot down, you get shot down. But I don't know. I feel like part of it might also just be the lack of plasticity that you have when you're, you know, once you once your brain slows in its development mm-hmm. uh like i feel like that's that might be part of it where you know you grow up and you're able to make those friends in that way just because there aren't the other external pressures or other ways to do it you're just making friends and that's just what it is mm-hmm. and when you're an adult you don't have those sort of free contexts anymore because you have work and then if you don't if you're not at work and you want to go meet people you go do like other things you know and then you meet people like in that way and it's not like it's impossible to make a connection in that way i think part of it is just for me personally just a general hesitancy and introversion Mm -hmm. you know where it's like i don't it's not like i want to make new general purpose friends i just want to be able to you know hang out with or converse with the ones that i have and if i meet new people doing other things that's cool but yeah i don't know i feel like i'm I'm happy where i am in the terms of like it's not like i'm trying to go around and look for friends Mm -hmm. because that wouldn't make me be in a very happy place if i felt like i need to go find friends because i have nobody (laughs) that would be kind of sad and like that can happen like people can get in funks and like I know that that can happen and it stinks but I I feel lucky right now that being in this big transition period I was able to sort of help myself out in that way leading up to it and Mm -hmm. not just isolate myself but you know it's just that was like the one reason that I felt like I would not like fit in if I were to continue doing grad school or something. Mm-hmm. Cause like, then you're still in school and then, and being in school is, a, is a pretty general purpose context. We're like, yeah, you're like adults, but you're still like in school and you go do stuff together and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's how you can meet more people. But there's just something that feels different about a full-time job where it mm-hmm. is a bunch of like lunch friends or something. I don't know. I feel, I don't feel adult enough to like <laughs> have good thoughts on it just like general purpose worries that haven't necessarily come to fruition yeah that makes sense mm. i don't know i think i'm gonna try to find friends definitely out of work to be like just friends that like i don't like put a certain context upon not like they're band friends or running friends or tennis friends or this or that just like friends i don't know i don't know if that exists 
it's something I want to seek and find. Maybe it's unrealistic. I don't know. I, like like I said, I don't think that it's impossible to do so in, in general, or that those sorts of things don't exist as an adult. I don't believe that at all. Uh, I, I'm just saying from like a personal perspective, the the idea of that is very difficult for me to kind yeah. of work through just based on my personality like we have very different personalities in like a social space mm-hmm. you know and and i think also it's just you know i've hyped it up in my mind to be a bigger worry than it necessarily needs to be Mm-hmm. Uh, but also i just like you know i don't I just don't know how to go about doing those sorts of things. Like, I can go participate in stuff, which I've been doing, but then it's, you know, it's a big step for me to just go do things, even if they're things that I like, but then trying to take a further step and, like, actually go hang out with people or, like, introduce myself and do that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. is just a whole other hurdle to get over. Yeah. Well, one thing I'm, I'm just thinking about, it's just kind of coming up to me now is in terms of making friends for most people, they make friends when they're little and they don't really have to like go out and start making friends from scratch until they go to college, mm-hmm. which I did do when I started college. But do you feel like you really had to do that when you started college? Because you went to a school with a lot of people that we were friends with in high school, right? That's, that's the other thing with me is that I would say that I maybe made two new friends in college who I still talk to. And other okay. than that, most of it was just solidifying or paring down the friendships mm-hmm. that I had going in. Uh, just kind of like affirming the people that I knew were going to be my friends and people who were like, especially being a CA, like you work, you work so closely with these people and like two of those people stuck, you know, okay, where, like we were yeah. able to click and still talk. And that's really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, like, you know, it, was, it became pretty clear uh, senior year that like, oh, yeah, like these other people that I worked with, like, yeah, we were on good terms and talked a lot when we were CAs and like living in the same building and had to do things together all the time. But it was just kind of by virtue of proximity mm-hmm. rather than anything else. Yeah. You know, so I would say that definitely for me, it wasn't a thing that I had to worry about very much. Because, like, you know, like you said, yeah, a lot of people from our high school went to university, and, like, those are most of the people that I hung out with. Mm-hmm. So I never really got challenged in that way, which is probably, you know, affecting me now, but... Yeah. That's life. Yeah, because for me, I feel like when I first started college, I went and I had I had one very close friend who went to the same school as me. But he lived all the way across campus from me. And so, granted, all the way across campus was like a three-minute walk. But (laughs) (laughs) um, in general, kind of at the start of college, I just had to say yes to things that I didn't really necessarily want to say yes to. Not because I didn't want to do them, but more because, like, the fear of the unknown type deal Mm-hmm. We're just like, I don't know what this is going to entail completely, and I don't know everything about all these people that I'm going to be with doing this activity. And so, like, it's scary somewhat, but 
I just kind of had to go with it and kind of roll with the punches and just experience whatever happened and figure it out from there. And honestly, it ended up being an awesome experience, but I definitely, and it definitely like made me grow a lot. And it definitely put me in a lot of situations that a year prior to that, I would have never expected to have been in, but it was overall positive. Even like negative experiences ended up at the end of the day being positive growing experiences. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I'd like to believe that, you know, just like anybody, like you change and you grow, especially throughout college, everybody in slightly different ways. And, and I wouldn't, you know, for me, I definitely wouldn't trade the effort and progress that I made with the friends that I already had for necessarily like having new friends. You know, like, mm-hmm. I really love that I have this group of friends that, like, we have been friends for a while, but especially the ones that, like, it really became solidified in college, where it's like, there's not really any reason that it started to happen. You know, like, and I feel like, like, Mikhail and I are the prime example in my head, where, like, I honestly have no recollection <laughs> Of why or when we started to have lunches and just kind of talk. Yeah. It just kind of started to happen. And then, you know, sophomore through junior year, we had, or at least jun- junior and senior year. I don't, I don't like, again, I can't really remember if we did sophomore year, but definitely junior and senior year, like we had lunch at least two or three times a week for the entire mm-hmm. school year, you know, and, and just things like that, uh, like, I, I don't remember how it happened, but I'm happy that that sort of stuff did with a few people. Mm-hmm. And that was a big thing for me, where, like, I, I'm a fairly confident, like, person about myself, but I can feel less confident about specifics of some relationships that I have. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, being able to... Uh, uh, have that sort of confirmation and growth was very positive for me, you know, and and made me feel very lucky that it's like, yeah, like, sure, it's a bit of circumstance that, like, yeah, these people that I went to high school with are the people that I went to high school with and ended up going to college with, but it's a circumstance that I'm happy with, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I have a group of friends who, like, help me and challenge me and all that stuff. Uh, and so, like, you know, I, I don't want it to sound like I'm either particularly worried about friends or think that it's not possible to make good friends when you're older or something like that. I, I don't think that's true. It's mm-hmm. just that my specific situation, like, I don't know. Maybe maybe it even just, like, goes back to, like, being a CA. Where, like, typically those are people who like to talk and don't mind talking about a lot of different types of stuff because we have to be able to. You have to have a lot of different types of conversations, and you're able to have those conversations with these people almost every day. And, you know, and then now that it's like I'm alone, it's like, oh, you know, I get a podcast with you once a week, and that's great. And then, like, I get a podcast with Jack and Mikhail, like, once a month now. That's <laughs> good. You know, and I talk to Aaron every night, and that's very nice. But there's still just, like, you know, every once in a while it feels like, mm, like, there's some sort of 
gap that I'm still sort of trying to fill somehow. And, but I just don't have, like, the desire or drive to fill it with, like, new people. Or really even know mm-hmm. how to go about doing that. Okay. But, you know, it'll be another another thing to keep track of in our ongoing series of us becoming adults. Oh, yeah. That. The ongoing struggles of friendship and adulthood. Yep. Yes, indeedy. All right, well, shall we transition to another serious yeah. topic? We should probably transition. Oh, God, it's going to be serious. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was just in a mood. So let me let me explain why I was in a bit of a mood. Just, I was in, I had my pump-up music, but I actually chose my comic Wait. at, like, 1 o'clock today. Okay. But I was in a mood this weekend. Uh, I, for the most part, I was in a pretty good mood. Like, I had a nice Saturday. I found out that my grocery store is within walking distance, so I walked to the grocery store, and that was really pleasant. <laughs> Uh, well, it's like it's nice to just like go walk in the sunshine and go get my yeah. groceries and stuff. Uh, I just like didn't have enough of my bearings to realize that I was that close because like to drive there I have to kind of go a bit of a roundabout way. Mm. At least that's the way that I would be taken, and then it didn't really occur mm-hmm. to me how close I actually was. Um, but I found out, and that was good. But then yesterday was the last day of the regular season of the MLB. Mm-hmm. It was the Twins' last game, and I just happened like I honestly haven't been watching the Twins very much. But and I almost went to the Padres game yesterday, and I said no, I think I'm just gonna hang out in my room and uh, maybe just like watch the Twins game, and I did. Oh God! And then I realized, oh, it's their last game. I know where this is going. And also, I think. oh, it might be Joe Mauer's last game ever. No, because oh. he might be retiring. No, and like, and like I'm a massive baseball fan and grew up a big Joe Mauer fan, and like it was super yep. emotional. Like it was super emotional. Like he didn't get oh. hit the first few at bats. Bottom of the seventh inning, he hits a double to left center, which is like the most classic Joe Mauer thing ever. Like almost like yep. so many of his hits are just hits to left field. It didn't go to the fence. He just legged out a double. Like he wanted it and he got it. Like I teared up mm-hmm. at that. And then they just sucker punched everybody by bringing him out as the catcher for the top of the ninth, and he hasn't caught in five years because he got a concussion. I just, I, uh, when I, I wasn't watching the game, but when I first heard about that and, like, saw a video clip of it, I low-key started crying a little bit. Yeah, like, I totally was. Like, it was just, it was so, like, you know, people aren't sports fans, that's fine. Like, it's cool, but just, like, ugh, it was just very powerful it hit me right in the feels yeah and it's and it's just one of those things where it's hard to explain how important he is to minnesota sports fans like yeah from st paul three sport athlete turned down a college scholarship to play football at florida state to be Mm -hmm. drafted by the twins came up through the organization absolutely killed it for most of his entire career and remained just the nicest hardest working guy ever like mm-hmm. just a very down to earth guy. He has daughters who are twins, and he plays for the twins. And it's just like, and when he came out in his catcher's gear, they pan up to his family, and they're all crying. Ugh. Oh, it's it like, is... and it's like it wasn't a, like he still hasn't officially announced retirement. But that was the moment where I was like, okay, he hasn't announced, but man, like, there's no way to follow this up. Like he has to be retiring, and it's so sad. Yeah. Ugh. So yeah, that's just like I've just been in a mood. 
I've just been in a funk, you know? And, like, I was worried about podcasting because I wasn't sure if I could, like, hype myself up to, like, mm-hmm. be in a jocular to... mood enough to, like, yeah, have a conversation. Yeah, to emote positively. Yeah, exactly. So I got myself there, courtesy of Dan Zone. Thank you. But... <laughs> You know, man, I've just been I've just been in a bit of a funk. So I picked I picked I mean you can tell me you can tell the listeners what comic I picked, but I saw it uh I follow the uh the comic artist on Instagram and it was today's comic, which just okay. worked out well. Okay, so the comic is Pearls Before Swine by Stephen Pastis? I always, in my head I say pastis, but I honestly don't know. Okay. I think the most nerve-wracking part of these podcasts is always pronouncing these people's names because I suck at names. You're never going to hear it. <laughs> and so in the comic there's two characters. One appears to be like a pig sort of thing and the other is a mouse. They are pig and rat are their official names. Pig, pig and rat. Okay, so pig says... There are so many things I want to do with my life, but I don't do them because I'm afraid that others I'm afraid what others will think. Then Rat replies, "That's smart because at the end of your life, you want to make sure you get the life approved by everyone around you award." Rat continues on saying, "Oh wait, that doesn't exist." And then Pig says, "Well, this is news." Rat replies, "Consider yourself woke." So, Mark, this comic, you chose a comic that uses the word woke. That surprises me. Yeah, that's secondary to everything. That's just this comic artist's style. He's using it ironically. Everything that Rat says tends to be somewhat ironic or underhanded. Okay. Uh, But yeah, I don't know. It's... Like I said, I've just kind of been in a funk with everything. Like, like this weekend was good, but there are moments where it's just kind of like, I just felt a bit more isolated than I have since I moved out here, and I don't really know mm-hmm. why, but it's kind of felt that way. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I don't know, I, I feel like this was, speaks very much to a lot of what happened when I was thinking about what I wanted to do after I graduated. Mm-hmm. Like, I was very, like, in my head not going to grad school was some type of failure for a math major. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. like the best thing that I could do with my brain or whatever. Um, and so like I was, even though people were legitimately very supportive of me, you know, getting the job that I got and coming here in my head, it took a long time for me to approve of myself mm-hmm. in this way. And, and now you know, at other times, I also feel like I feel sort of reflexively not like I don't like defensive sounds a bit too bad, but just like you know, just the whole issue of like trying to explain to people what you do. Yep. You know, and you try and make it sound even a little interesting. You want to sound cool with your job. Yeah, and like just saying like, oh, I'm a curriculum developer, <laughs> like which is my title. Like that, that is my title. Or I think it might be like curriculum specialist, maybe. I don't actually know, 
But, mm-hmm. you know, curriculum developer is essentially my job title. Yeah. But then you have to try and add a bunch of caveats to explain exactly what that is and why it's of interest. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's been, you know, that was something that I struggled with a lot throughout college, especially near the end was clearly I had been setting myself up for a job like this. Like everything that I decided to put my time into rather than working really hard to try and get into like a summer research thing or whatever. Like I spent my time being a camp counselor and tutoring and doing all this stuff. And like Mm -hmm. I clearly was, whether it was conscious or not, setting myself up for a particular path that I didn't quite know existed yet. Mm -hmm. But I still considered a lot of those to be like failures or like a bit of a waste in some ways. And I was worried what that other people wouldn't, I don't know. I mean, honestly, being somewhat self-centered about it, probably what it really was was just not worried that people wouldn't see me as, like, capable or intelligent or whatever as I thought I could be Mm -hmm. because I was applying myself in this other way. Yeah. And I I think that this comic just does a good job of putting... It's one of those things that, like, we all know in our heads but still struggle with. I just think that, like, this comic puts it in a very good way to me Mm -hmm. it's like very straightforward but i don't know it kind of felt like something that i needed to hear even though it wasn't immediately applicable uh to me it seems i find it funny that you chose this comic and you prefaced it by saying like i'm i've been in a bit of a funk recently and this and that because to me this is a comic that had i chosen it it would have been a, a comic that I would have chosen if I felt like I was in a very like empowered and like I'm going to take on the world sort of mood. And it's interesting to me that you chose it when you would say you're in a bit of a funk. Hmm. And it's making me look at the comic in a slightly different way than I did at first when I read it before. Like when I read it without thinking about the context in which you said you chose it. Sure. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Well, and I think I get what you're saying. Like I said, I picked it because it felt like something that, like, I needed to and felt good reading Mm -hmm. when I was in said funk. Okay. You know, like, I'm not someone who gets into super deep, like how we keep saying the word funk. I feel like there needs to be a better word, but I just don't have a better word to describe. I just don't have a better word that describes it, you know? (laughs) When you were talking about the, like, need to describe your job in a way that makes it sound, like, cool or impressive or something, that was something that I really connect with right now. And the second you said it, I immediately flashed back to, like, ten times in the past two weeks that I've done that exact thing. (laughs) Communicating (laughs) to everyone in your family what you're doing with your life? Like, everyone in my family and my friends and them trying to, like, explain it in a way that makes it sound cool yeah because like what my job is does not sound cool well and that's again it's all about yeah it's all about phrasing like i could obviously like you know what i do at my job i could easily phrase Mm -hmm. it in a really like not interesting oh i write math problems for second graders i could i could phrase it that way and that would cover a lot of what i do but obviously there's a whole lot more going on there. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Because, I mean, I, I think that a good phrasing for you is like, oh, yeah, I'm working in research and development for a chemical company that develops inks. That's probably what I'm going to say from, from, there you go. from now on. <laughs> <You're> because <laughs> what I've been saying doesn't sound as cool as that. <laughs> cool that I could be of assistance. <laughs> <laughs> I've been very unhappy with what I've been saying recently because it requires a long explanation to make it sound at least somewhat interesting. Yeah, I mean, typically the broadest, the broadest thing that you can say is going to be about the best thing that you can say. Until yeah. more questions are asked. Like, I tend to phrase it as, I work as a curriculum developer for a company that works with kids who do, with high-level kids who do math competitions. Mm-hmm. You know, because that hits all the points of like, yeah, I'm cr- developing curriculum. It might be mostly for elementary school kids, but there's still some really smart elementary school kids. <laughs> yeah. As you learned when I had you play test some <laughs> games with me. Dear Lord, the kids you probably designed curriculum <laughs> for are ten times smarter than I am. <laughs> I couldn't even beat the game you were just working on when we I mean, did that. I mean, I couldn't either, really. That was the whole point of me working on it. <laughs> but that's beside the point. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's Rat, Rat is just like, because I read a lot of this comic, Like he's just mm-hmm. a very he's a very funny comic. He breaks the fourth wall a lot. Like He often draws himself into the comics. Okay. Uh, and I, I just really like the guy. Mm-hmm. But just the sort of like the mental voice that I have for Rat being like, oh yeah, because at the end of the life, you want to make sure to get the life approved by everyone around you award. You know, like mm-hmm. it's just, it's just a good kind of ridiculous that phrased it well for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I, I think that that, it also plays into like, you know, I don't care if the person who cuts my hair at great clips thinks that what I do is interesting. You know, mm-hmm. like I got annoyed when they kept asking me if I was going to become a math teacher when I would tell them that I'm majoring in math and I wanted to start making up different majors that I was doing just to avoid that <laughs> conversation. Uh, but like beyond that, like I don't, I really don't care what strangers think of me, but I care a lot about what my friends think of me. Mm-hmm. You know, like that that's a very important thing to me is that I'm respected by my friends and I'm, you know, living my life in a way that allows me to maintain friendships that I find valuable and healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I, you know, it's not like I don't think that I'm some approval seeking type of person, but it's something that stays on my mind. That makes a lot of sense. Do you have anything else to say? I've been I've been talking a lot, so I apologize. No, that's all right. I I've been in a very listening mood today. Yeah, I think I don't know. Maybe I'm saving my energy up for starting work in a few days here, or it's more likely I'm just completely destroyed and exhausted from <laughs> moving my whole life. 500 miles with like eight days notice yeah yeah maybe one of those two <laughs> and then all the disasters that have happened since moving in such as yeah i know we talked about this before starting the podcast but i'll just include this for our one or two listeners for sure. me getting locked out on my balcony in my apartment this afternoon having to call maintenance for the third time in like two days 
to rescue me from my balcony, I felt like freaking Rapunzel. <laughs> That'll always be funny. Yeah. What, what floor do you live on? I'm only on the second floor out of two floors. Okay. So I'm on the top floor. I'm on the penthouse. There you penthouse go. Yeah, that's, see, it's all about framing. <laughs> that's what I should put on my Tinder. Lives in a penthouse suite. Oh, God. <laughs> Quote, unquote, in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Lives in a Chicago penthouse suite, a.k.a. definitely not in the city of Chicago and definitely not a penthouse. Works near Fermilab. <laughs> yeah when my parents figured out that i was near fermilab and i like told them the name fermilab and that it's like a government lab they suddenly got really worried that i was gonna get cancer i was i was just gonna ask that sarcastically but then i figured i'd hold my tongue Uh, until i heard you don't want all those neutrino beams giving you cancer and then I had to explain to them how, or Which try to explain work? to them how the stuff that's done at Fermilab isn't going to give me cancer. Yeah. And it was really hard to explain. You just you just kind of say, it's a whole bunch of particles that have been permeating through our atmosphere for all of the world's history, and they're harmless. They just pass right through you. They basically don't even bounce off you. Yeah. Hashtag particle physics for dummies. <laughs> How'd I do? Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is that what Fermilab does is neutrino research? I thought they were a different type of research. Well, they're, they're big. I mean, the, the what I know them from is the uh, their association with the... Um, I'm already forgetting it. The, uh, the mine up in the iron range of minnesota then it's definitely if it's in a mine it's probably neutrino research yeah and i'm just for some reason i'm just completely forgetting sedan the sedan mine project there it is there it is the Mm -hmm. sedan mine in minnesota is the receptacle of a massive neutrino beam shot through the earth out of the particle accelerator accelerator at fermilab that's what the particle accelerator fermilab shoots at yeah Yeah. okay i mean i think the project has wrapped up as of a year or two ago but for like 10 15 years that's what it was doing shooting it into minnesota all i knew is that it was a big particle accelerator because you can clearly see that even from like google maps images yeah i mean formulap does other stuff that's just my association with them yeah because i like the sudan mine project has very big ties to the university of minnesota yeah. And I also toured it a couple of years ago. Maybe I'll look more into what Fermilab does, because I'm, I'm kind of curious. Being I live right next door, and oh. I'm the kind of nerd who would look into what they do, because I'm curious. Um, But maybe let's see if I can meet a physicist or two for, who works at Fermilab. They're cool. That'd be fun. Physicists are dope people sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Most of the time. They're normally like the dope, somewhat weird people, which is the type of people that I love the most. Yeah, I guess I know about, I think I know two physics majors off the top of my head, and they mostly match that description. Yeah, see? (laughs) 
let's see. From minored in physics, so I got to know a lot of physics majors really well, and they all fit that description perfectly. I thought about mining in physics, but I didn't really feel like taking Quantum Lab after I heard Mikhail's <laughs> tales of it. Here we go. Fermilab is America's particle physics and accelerator laboratory. They also have a dog training park, apparently. Yeah. Fermilab That's what Google does? Maps says. If you zoom in close enough, it says, like, dog training area or something. Huh. Maybe it's under jobs, dog trainer. Let's find out. I have no idea. If you want to check, you can go to fermilab.jobs. <laughs> Easy to remember. I don't know if I need to do that right now. I already have a job. It can't hurt to be looking for. <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> As I'm about to start a job in two days, you said that I should start looking for a new job. I didn't say you should. Then it doesn't I hurt. Said it can't hurt. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you.